No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspy, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available, and spots are extremely limited, so visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongssummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. This is Reed Mathis. This podcast is In The Loop, the legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. 
Check out OsirisPod.com and stay in the loop. Sign up for the newsletter to learn about the newest podcasts and events. Relics Magazine is a media partner of Osiris. For music news, go to relics.com. What? I don't know. Are we? I don't know. Don't roll your eyes at me, mister. Teach you a thing or two about knowing when you're recording. What? You, now you're ignoring me? I just wait for a cue. And rolling. Oh, hi. Welcome. <laughs> to the... Oh, yeah. This ain't your first rodeo, man. On three, two, one. Oh. Yeah, welcome to No Simple Road. Wow. Was... What's wrong with those cute? Welcome. welcome to No Simple Road. No Simple Road. Yeah. So, hey now, No Simple Road family. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> we're back. I know we're late again. Sorry. <laughs> become a habit. <laughs> it's a, can't handle our party and fucking do shit late. <laughs> Summer's busy. Can't handle the internet. Stay out of the podcast. Wow. Oh, Summer has been very busy. Dude. I mean, I've been posting it all on Instagram, and most of the people that when listen. Do you have time to do that. <laughs> when I'm in the back seat of the car driving down the road, it seems like Eugene Dead was like last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. I don't know how it like whatever they're doing at CERN and ripped a hole in the space-time continuum is like morphing fields and tearing things apart because time is really weird man yeah, that was only 10 days ago jesus that did you if you like i don't know never mind i'm not gonna say that but yeah yeah we're not here to go this down is, one of the reasons why it amazes me how deadheads always remember their shows they're like oh yeah 86 freaking <laughs> Stadium, it's a timeline you know? and like how do you remember first of all in that state second of all You've done it like a billion times. How do you remember one specific song, one specific year, and the day of the week, and the like? What? Because we fucking wrote that shit down. That's why you see the brother at the at the show like. Deadhead writes shit down. Well, no, but probably occasionally. I've jotted a song or two down in my time. But you're not saying Carl's yoga. Let me go grab my. Let me grab my notebook notebook. while I tell you which friggin' '87 show it was. I can't even fucking figure out how to turn my phone on its one button. Like I'm gonna be jotting down notes at a show. (laughs) Summer tour. Look look over at Darwin. Darwin is investigating all of the roofing stuff. He keeps on jumping and sniffing things. It's it's, it's fucking scary when you sniff things. There's some crazy smells over there. Yeah, we're having our roof torn off right now, which is interesting. They're putting a whole new roof on, and there's stuff all over our driveway. Check this out. Like, I guess about a month and a half ago, I decided I was going to take the day after we got back from High Sierra off. And I was like, oh, yeah, everybody will be gone. I'll be able to relax. It'll be quiet. I can get some rest, do some work. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. All fucking day long, shaving a haircut. They were. When I came walking in, that's the way they were nailing it. They're going all day long, man. All day long. And Darwin, Darwin was fucking freaking out. Totally freaking out. Growling and barking and jumping off the couch and kicking me and stepping on my feet and 
panting and shaking, and yeah, he didn't have a good day. No. But he did have a good day because me and him went for a walk. And now he's right here in and my lap. Here, let's and hear Darwin say something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, All right, dude. You're out of here. Go, go lay down. So we spent the last 10 days going to concerts. Um, having visitors. Having visitors. Driving. Uh, packing. packing and unpacking Un- yeah. cleaning. and cleaning and coming up with something to say in the meanwhile like think about it when you're tired and you're doing all this stuff do you want to have deep conversations actually yes we do but the energy say. that you have is not <laughs> necessarily yeah we're we're there pulling all energy from from nowhere <laughs> i mean we hardly slept probably probably 10 hours in the last four days I realized something really cool about myself in this trip it doesn't matter how fucking tired I am when it comes time to do this it just happens it's not just with this well okay but I realized that with this sleep doesn't matter yeah it it just happened I was I don't want to do a high Sierra recap yeah we're going into a but I'm going to talk about it because it just happened. And we drove all night to get there. And once we got there, we weren't there permanently. We had to drive again three more hours to go pick up an RV. And when we got there, we had left at two in the morning and it was like two in the afternoon and no sleep, totally strung out. And boom, did that interview and then drove all night. And it was fucking awesome. Yeah. You guys will hear it. We interviewed a bunch of bands at High Sierra. But you know what this week is about? Howlin' Rain. Yes. This is, we got to bring it back to Howlin' Rain because Ethan deserves yes. standing ovation. Yeah. I know I'm a little stuttery right now. I'm tired too, but... Ethan was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, this was amazing. Like, we went to Mississippi Studios, and I did bring my journal. (laughs) And we all had drinks and sat down and overlooked the street and sat in, like, the picture window of the bar until Ethan was ready, and he came and grabbed us. And we went upstairs to, like, the... Office. The office quarters of like the managers of the bar. That's that's one thing I wanted to mention. The interview that you're going to hear today, the sound quality is different. So when we're doing these interviews on the road, like with Howl and Rain and the ones we just did at High Sierra, I've got a handheld recorder. Obviously, we're not on the porch, so it's going to sound a little different than what you're used to. But it's a great interview and. You get used to it right away, so don't worry about it. Anyway, sorry. Same content, truth and openness. Yeah, you're just going to get it raw, guys, how we get it. We were literally upstairs in a tiny little attic space with a band playing downstairs who might say they were amazing, too. Um, Anyway... We were upstairs and there's all this like noise going on and then his there's like another band or maybe it was his band. It was his band. Yeah, yeah like was in the they room were we, went we were interviewing him, not the band, which I don't know why we didn't. I don't either. But anyway, so we were in there and like Aaron said, the audio quality is not the best, but like seriously, he just he was like a 
real man and a great musician. (laughs) And like, he like, when he played the guitar, like you guys, you're going to play it. it, Yeah, yeah. you guys are going to hear it. Of course, everybody always says this. There's no substitute for the real thing. But like, it affected me. Like his guitar playing like shot the band, at me. The whole yeah, thing. but no, there was something specific about his solo when he went on. It was like, uh, well, you guys will hear. Yeah, and so this is like the first of many interviews to come. This is kind of new for No Simple Road. I, I I thought about it a while back, and I was like, you know, we're going and we're going to these concerts and and doing the podcast. Like when we interview a musician and then go to the show, it would be cool to bring the No Simple Road family with us to the show. But obviously we can't all 10,000 of us be there at the same time. So I got this handheld recorder and we're doing the interviews with that. And then I record part of the show. So it's like you guys coming and interviewing the band with us and then going to the show with us. And you hear all of it. You hear our conversation during the show and all that. And I, I don't know, man. We Darwin, man. Suck He's happy up, we're man. home. Yeah, He's he is. Totally joining in on this one. I just know, like, it up. getting to talk to these guys and hearing what they have to say and connecting with them, and then hearing the music—it's taking the music to a different level. Yeah, I really, really am. That's apparent to me lately, and not for nothing. I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but it, the past. 10 days have been really amazing transformational for for no simple road for our family yeah this you guys out there are fucking awesome and have come by and said hi to us in lots and there was people that knew us at high sierra (laughs) and yeah what is who are you talking about on Instagram steal your face who came up and said hey now oh yeah no simple road yeah but the way that he said it was such a sweet yeah that was cool and thank you and shout out right back to you hey now the summer is not ended I mean it's just getting started man we got you know Eugene dead and then high Sierra and then we have a week off and then it's fish at the gorge and then it's a a week and a half off and then it's J-Rad and Eugene and then government mule and then on and on and by then there'll be 10 more concerts announced i did have to tell aaron that he needs to stop booking us so much shit and it's not shit i don't mean it that way yeah that's not gonna happen i I, I have (laughs) to say it for all of our health's sake oh yeah yeah you (laughs) gotta say it still (laughs) say it all you want and say it don't spray it i i don't know i like we've said before, the podcast is, is ta- has taken over. I'm not in control anymore. It, it, it does what it wants. I can't even say it seriously. Well, I'm, gonna, what? And the, I'm not going to go. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. And the couple times that we have had like a week off, like what well, was Father's Day weekend, whatever, we all missed it. We were like, it just seems weird not doing it. Yeah, man. There's such a, I don't know. I don't even know what the word is. Just the connection with the with the listeners and yeah. everything that's it's happening yeah more. it's alive and we really do feel you guys out there Hell and yeah. it's Hell exciting yeah. to be able to take you to a show with us like this and i'm excited to put this out because uh, this band is super unique and powerful and just they have a lot of good 
power. And they were oh, yeah. tanky and kind yeah, of like it's gritty. Fucking, and, and it's freak family too, man. Yeah, you know? he totally looked, I mean... Yeah, Howlin' Rain is a very suiting name. They are howling. I mean, his vocals, the their presence, everything. Just, yeah. Yep. So before we get to the interview, you guys know what's going to happen now. Wait, hold on. Before we get to the interview, too, also we saw David Nance open oh, for them. Yeah. That's for Howlin' Rain. Who David Nance was. You guys got to check him out. He's on YouTube and he's on Apple. Bandcamp. And yeah, he's out there. All those places. Also very different. Very powerful. It's a weird thing. Like, part of my trip in the past 10 days has been breaking down the walls of genre. Genre is dissolving for me. It's kind it, of like it, what's it, happening in society with, yeah. with genders and, and uh, skin color and preference. Like, what does it matter about how somebody chooses to dress that you can't understand, that you have to have an opinion about? Although Howlin' Rain does have fantastic fucking style oh, every yeah. band, oh, yeah. band is a he was everything a rock star should be and you girls know what i'm talking about yeah we do <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying though genre is dissolving and even jam band doesn't fit uh-uh. anything anymore really uh-uh. in my head it's just music yep. and it's all beautiful and it's all rad and I know that in the past I fucking limited myself so hard by putting everything in these boxes like that's blues that's jazz that's jam band that's psychedelic that's hard it's it's all just music, music. man and when you put it in those boxes then you start missing out on stuff because you're expecting something. And then if it doesn't deliver that thing you're expecting from that genre, you're closed. And you're like, oh, well, that's not delivering the goods. Well, you should have been looking to your left instead or to the right instead because you missed the fucking cool thing that was there. Yeah. Yeah, with the genre, you put expectations on things and expectations are not good. You know why I looked at you like that. I... I was the king of putting myself in a box with genre. Totally. And I that's this whole rap that I'm saying right now. Like, it, that's dissolving. It's gone. Yeah. That's happening for all of us. I don't even hear right. it anymore. It's this is totally happened. And this particular interview is a great example of that. There is no... I don't... You, I, it's music. Yep. And it's power. <laughs> and it's, it's passion and heart. And thunder and howl and rain. It's fucking badass. And I do want to say a special and thank you and shout out to Kevin again. Yeah. Kevin, you keep on hooking us up with these amazing interviews, these beautiful musicians, and you're keeping the show interesting and fun and giving us really cool concerts. Like we would have never seen him before. And you you like bridge that gap for us so thank you for introducing him and also for what you're doing for us behind the scenes yeah man yeah. and we're gonna get you on the show we talked about it last week yeah. and we well, are gonna interview what i tell him what i said what did you say about kevin i said i want to talk to kevin just as much as i want to talk to those musicians fired oh that Uh-oh. was me you guys Mel's ringer's not off oh i think it might Hold be worse in the mic anyway yeah Kevin Calabro is the manager for CRB and Mapache and Howlin' Rain and several others that are amazing. And um, he's been 
working with us and we appreciate you kevin man and i can't wait to talk to you on the show it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun ride dude i'm sorry for that rude um i always forget to turn my ringer off guys that's how you know we're amateurs it, you know what um, we're not amateurs number one okay number that's two, how you know that i don't pay attention i could edit that shit out but i don't <laughs> so it's fine <laughs> anyway uh, um i was being all sentimental about kevin i just wanted to say lighter. a proper say it you. louder what is it it's Ryder. He said he meant to call Aaron. Don't call me. I'm busy. I just remember I keep, keep waiting for him to walk up the driveway from work. Well, he ain't going to walk up the driveway from work. He's in Las Vegas. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was him calling because he wants to be picked up from the airport. And I'm going to pick him up. You told him hell no. He no, tried. I didn't. I told him you're not taking an Uber. I'm picking you up because that's how we roll. We take care of our family, right? Ryder's so sweet, though. He'd get a ride right away if he was hitchhiking. <laughs> He'd just stick his big hammy leg out, all hairy, hey. red hair. Okay, so... Anyway, back. sorry. Whew. Follow us on Instagram at No Simple Road. Follow us on Facebook at No Simple Road. Uh, head over to nosimpleroad.com for merch, stickers, shirts, pins, and all that good, amazing No Simple Road goodness that you should be wearing to every show you go to from now on forever for the rest of time uh click on the family tab that's where you can we sign up for our shirts we did to, um the chris robinson brotherhood performance yeah, yeah yes we did melanie and we gave pins away and we did all we're kinds being of good stuff. examples oh that you okay. were being good i went all just dirty and stinky in my shirt i'd been wearing for a day and a half what else is new yep i sure did yeah nosimpleroad.com family tab that's where you can click and sign up for the newsletter and I got some news coming out that I'm going to probably do while I'm at work tomorrow you guys will get a, an email from me um, should we start this week with the I'm getting to that I'm on, I'm, we're right here we're here babe um, so part of the thing that we were going to do when we were at High Sierra was the auction with all the wonderful artwork and soap and stuff that was so kindly and generously donated to us. Well, turns out that where we were camping at High Sierra did not uh, how, allow for that. Allow for, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't against the rules. It was just so far away. Yeah, plain and simple that we, there was no visibility. Right. Like where we were in the RV park, it, we were literally like in the very, in the back. very back. By the toilet. Um, so we didn't <laughs> but, have yeah. a, yeah, we didn't have a booth like we did when we were in uh, Eugene for the shakedown. So there was no place to post our banners. There was no place to really like make it our porch, if you will, you know? Right. So, so have no fear. Now that that happened it actually worked out in your guys's favor um what we're gonna do is we're gonna do an online auction um i'm gonna start posting maybe tomorrow or the next day maybe tomorrow or the next day um the first item and what we're gonna do is we're gonna post it on instagram and instagram only it won't be on facebook and what you'll do is you will bid in the comment section so i was trying to figure out how to pull this off last night when we were driving back and me and Mel and Apple talked about it and in order for you guys to see whose bids are what it has to come through the comments it can't come through the DMs so I'm going to post up the first item and I'll have a starting bid and you guys have at it now listen here's the deal the money that's made from this 
is going to somebody in our family, and I'm talking about the No Simple Road family. It's going to somebody that really can use it, and we are really excited to and and has no idea that this is happening and may even be listening right now and uh so it's going to go to them and it's going to help them with their life and make things a little easier so when you're bidding on this stuff keep that in the back of your head and give as much as possible because you'll be doing a really good thing for an amazing human being that's out there that's been through hell so yep that's what's happening with the auction um anything else let's see uh we got a new patreon (gasps) donator yeah cody Cody. what what we speak your name but if your name is cody and you happen to donate to no simple road and become a new patreon subscriber thank you so much you chan donator chan donator always will be as (laughs) As much much as as he can. can and over the past day for some reason i don't know why but yesterday we started getting blown up on the voicemail. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah, so that we was. We could have something to listen to on the water ride. I was just gonna say it made it interest more interesting because we were getting tired and it was like, oh wait, another one. And they're so they're so funny when you just read the transcription and aren't listening to it first. Totally funny. And I don't know. Should I read it? No, don't read it. This these weren't that. No, not on. No, okay. All right, I won't read it. All right now. If you want to call in or send us a text or leave a voicemail, it's 971-808-1524. That's 971-808-1524. Call now. (laughs) Operator's standing by. Um, They're not. No, there's no operator and nobody's standing by. I'm hardly standing by right now. Anyway, so yeah, that's the stuff with um, Instagram and, oh, your hashtags. Hashtag no simple road and hashtag found family. And that way you will show up on the family tab at no simple road.com. And also it's a way for you guys to get to know each other. See where we're at. See what we're doing. What's happening. What's shaking on shakedown street. What's bacon. I don't know. What's bacon. Magic. You said bacon. <clears throat> I like yeah. bacon. Bacon's delicious. Yeah. We have bacon left over. We have a lot. We bought bacon. Didn't cook it. Yeah. We did. We Melanie's giving me stink eye. We bought I, lots you know of things. What, you guys, <laughs> I usually would not do this, but I cannot hold back because none of yes, this is true. The women are the smarter. That's right. Smarter. The women are smarter. Okay, these two guys that I'm with, Apple and Aaron over here. These two fucking guys. These two guys. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just going to do a mini rant. I was going to do a big one when I first pulled the mic. Give it to him. Damn, these are some freaking prissy ass (laughs) mofos to travel with. Complaining, overeating, or with their eyes. Eating with their eyes, not overeating. I didn't mean that. Okay, okay. I was going on a roll and that was wrong. Eating with their eyes. Like, there's so many things. We were in the grocery store at... 10 o'clock at night after driving for like 15 hours. I was And delirious. they want to do a grocery shopping like we're f- f- going to feed the entire festival. $170 later for two <laughs> nights. And then Apple's like, yeah, I don't want no, I don't want no breakfast all heavy. When the night before he was like bacon, yes, salmon, yes, 12 dozen eggs. Fuck the six pack. Let's get two dozen, like what? 
is going on? So I was standing by very impatiently annoyed and they proceeded to continue to buy not one, not two, but three peaches for the oatmeal that we didn't make. And we ate the peaches. Guys, M- Melanie did eat some of this food that we bought. Just one. Yeah, I <laughs> ate <laughs> the stuff that I bought. <laughs> Okay. All right. Anyway, Sorry, you true. guys. Okay. Um, yeah. That this was... is not mean spirited. Um, this is just a friendly rant. And it was very true. <laughs> and I, I don't got, know what she's I talking got, about. I, I get the look from Mel. I get the mom look like Apple. You know better. But go ahead, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. She doesn't. You know. She doesn't. Have, she doesn't have to tell me don't do that. Just it's the look like you're gonna do it, and I'll just. Oh my God. I, Enough said. Yeah. Wow. I love you, man. I love you, Mel. I love you guys. I love you guys. Too. There's nobody that I'd rather do anything with. Anything. That's what this trip proved to me, too. So. This trip proved that no matter who I am, where I am, what I am, I always want to be hanging out with these two guys. Oh, <laughs> shucks. shucks. Mm-hmm. All right. So check it out. You're all right. If you're listening right now. And you haven't already left us a review on iTunes and click the five stars on there. Stop. Go there. Search the show and leave us a review. Leave a five star. Leave some comments in there. That's how other people can find out about No Simple Road. And that's the way that the word gets spread, family. So, yeah, let's do that thing. Head out there and leave us some five stars. And last but not least is Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash no simple road. That is how we keep the wheels on the bus going round and round, guys. Um, that's the meat and potatoes of no simple road. That's how we pay for what we're doing. Um, we have been remiss in doing porch chats the past couple weeks, but we are getting back on that. That is for Patreon only subscribers. And that's the content that's up there. I mean, for like a dollar a month you get those plus all the extras it's your backstage pass to no simple road your vip cid whatever thing that you get and that's how you do you do the do we'll get back on that because we got lots of transformations lots yeah. of things to talk about so lots, lots of things have been going on and coming up and mm-hmm. we're gonna be talking more <laughs> yeah we are <laughs> so what we're doing right now though is we're getting ready to lead into Howling Rain. And listen, guys, this is you guys coming to the show with us, interviewing the band, and then hearing some music. So, you know, sit back, spark one, pour one, whatever it is you're you're doing, kick your feet up, mm-hmm. close your eyes, listen to the soothing sounds of Howling Rain. So, without further ado, No Simple Road gives you Ethan. And howling rain. Digs around like I I guess because Chris and I were friends when he was still playing the crows. We well Howlin' Rain used to tour with the crows. Okay. Yeah, and we first became friends, he came to a Comets on Fire gig, which was my band in like two thousands through the two thousand and eights or so. Right. And um, we played a gig in L.A. that he came to. He was a fan of the records and stuff and loved the gig. And we met there and kind of, it's about the time I was starting Hell and Rain. Oh, right. And so he, he kind of gravitated towards that, too, or whatever. And our friendship remained. And we've kind of just gone down the line. He moved to the Bay Area a, year, a couple of years ago or whatever, you know. So it kind of 
tighten the bond a little bit. Although we've been we've been good buds for a while. You guys, man, like this new album, something else. Like, Thanks, man. Yeah, seriously. I I sent her one of the songs today. Oh yeah. And she immediately called me back and she was like, "That was Speed." Yeah, Speed. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So what's up with Speed? It's my it's my love song for a, a much maligned um, uh, uh, drug. You know, I was like, it gets a bad rap, right? You know, like, guns don't kill people. People kill people. You know, and Speed doesn't cause any harm. Do it nicely. Yeah, it's like nobody really. Some, yeah, some people have done done Speed uh, homage before, but. Lemmy, Motorhead. Yeah. Trying to think who else. <laughs> well, your version so far is my favorite. Right, yeah, I want to do it Seriously. really, really good. Lots of love. So, like, you've been up and down and up and down through the business several times now. Like, this last run, when you, Howlin' Rain goes through, like, lineup changes. Yeah. Over and over again. So is this this last one? You feel like this one is the one that sticks? Uh, well, the, the thing is about the lineup changes is originally when we started the band, or when I when I first started the idea of it, I got uh, my good friend John Maloney, who was in Boston on the other side of the country, to play drums. My good friend Ian, who lived next door to me in Santa Cruz, and thought, okay, this will be fun. But one of the things that I wanted to do, in theory, because we had the band Comets on Fire, and we were, we had all started you know, the group had become solidified as a group where eh, we can't really have members quitting or the group just dissolves or, you know, it's like a pretty hard democracy. Right. Um, and I thought, oh, man, there's some really magical things about that, you know, about the, the troubled democracy kind of, you know, dead style or whatever, you know, where right. you're like, oh, sometimes it's things, you know, get complicated without a leader, you know. Sometimes real magic happens without it, too. You get all those complicated in-between spaces, you know, where, That's where the cool stuff is. things yeah. are tugging. Um, but the the idea of having a group that you could, that members could come and go and part of the rejuvenation of, of it instead of going, well, this band's seven in, albums in, these guys have all been playing together, we've, like, heard what they've done. Right. I thought, well, it could be interesting to always have a rotating cast, you know, a little bit like Steely Dan did or something, where you go, wow, each one of those records is still like the vision of the two main guys you know who carry it through but and you can really tell instantly they're Steely Dan right yeah. it has that sound the Steely Dan sound but each thing is its unique moment you need yeah and on, on a lot of the songs it's just them singing or playing a little guitar and a whole different band and yet the, the essence is still really shining you know right so I, I wanted to do something like that uh, for Helen Rain yeah partly as a protective thing in case you know, people when I'd say, okay, I can reform the band and keep going. I don't have to say, well, that band's over, you know. Yeah. And I'm not sure. It's been an experiment. Well, it that sounds way. like you've gone through a lot. I was reading something about that where you said at one point you, like, hit rock bottom. You were, like, you quit everything for a moment there. And there was, like, a quote to be, like, saying that you were that you were at the very bottom, which is that most people think it's a bad place to be. And right. Like, it's a good place to be because that's more creativity. Yeah. Right, starting off from zero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that that's the positive spin. I mean, it's too. It's kind of scary <laughs> because, yeah, 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 it's kind of it's kind of scary because you can't, you know, you can't do rock band business just by yourself. You know, you can't go out and do a show tomorrow just by yourself, or yeah. it's not that. It's a solo show, right? And you can't uh, rehearse the record, you know, without a band because 
that's just you know you, you don't have the members and whatnot but on the other hand yeah the slate is wide open to the people that you do bring into play you know that was the mansion songs record and that that was really invigorating that way um because things were really flying off the cuff everything's happening in the moment of creation things weren't so that's know, when not having a leader was doing well, that's when chaos <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. trying to guide it. You know, I'm trying to to guide that. You know, as well as I can. Is that but, still a vision of yours? Because the thing I read to you, you were talking about, it's like like there was a trilogy kind of in your mind of all the all the material you had, and Haunted Mansions is the first one. Is this the second one? Is it this is the second of the Mansion trilogy. Yeah, okay. but. Um, no, the second one, I've got this great band. We'd come together through the Mansion Songs touring. That's the first one. And then when by the time that we, uh, you know, came time to record this record, we, were pre- we, we finally found a drummer in Justin who's with us now. And we kind of had different hired drummers before that between the Russian Wilds and this album. Right. And so this is really a, a band band record. I want to take a snapshot of the, of the band's live performance feel you know so there's some overdubs on the record no doubt but the 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 overall feel that i was going for was supposed to be polaroid snapshot of the band you know on stage kind of like what's the what's the feel what do you what's the volume man yeah just i wanted to have a you know capture one thing that i hadn't captured in hell and rain the the albums had always been something a little different than the live show you know either an overdub or something a little more cinematic you know and i where i felt like albums are supposed to be kind of cinematic live show is raw four piece you don't have the overdubs you know whatever and this one i kind of you know based on listening to you know a lot of kind of kind of listening to like one of the one of the big inspirations was the europe 72 dead you know where you kind of go like wow what Betty and those guys did with the recording of that record ended up kind of being like one of the greatest Grateful Dead studio albums and capturing something that they can't, couldn't capture in yeah. the studio. They couldn't get that energy. They couldn't get that there's thing. No, there's no back and forth. Yeah, they didn't quite have the, I mean, they've got their studio records are really interesting. Some of them are great, whatever, but that's the sound of the band being quintessentially what you would have seen 40 feet in front of you on the stage there. And I thought, oh, I want to do that too. And maybe, you know, for that record, they went back and redid the vocals and did some different things to make it a great record too. And somewhere in the middle creates like the greatest sort of stripped down band, band, four or five piece band, whatever they were then, six with, you know, how many they were. They sound like a four piece basically, you know. I... um, but I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, try capturing that instead of going in and saying, oh, you build it from the ground up or we don't know what we're doing. Like, let's go rehearse. Let's pretend it's like, just try to capture that feel like it's in a, like it's in a live space, um, you know, and that's pretty much what we did. So the vibe was fast and, and uh, you know, moving quickly through the process so that it felt more like a live process, keeping the overdubs fairly minimal so that, you know, no string sections, no horns, no, no, none of the stuff that takes you away that goes, oh, cinematic or, oh, studio or whatever, you know, that it... But there's texture to it, man. There's, right, it's, yeah. It, this, this album, like, I listened to it a couple of times through the day today, and it's beefy. It's, it's got, there's weight yeah. in that. And it, I mean, like, when I think of the name, 
the album personified this this particular album personified the name of the band to me like, when I think Howling Rain like that's that whirlwind sound that you guys have and like it's hit like Wild Boy yeah on there. that one's heavy I listened to it three times in a row today I, I were it's a great album man I was (laughs) yeah that song I think we felt like it was really quintessentially us like that that song really represented the sort of weird way that I write that scope of like journeying kind of literary you know start at this one place have these different you know almost you know operatic suites or something but trying to contain it in a way so it still felt like it was really fast and fluid and not like some epic you know (laughs) pretentious opus. thing <laughs> yeah but it wasn't it doesn't it is kind of a little opus but it, it doesn't feel like it you no. know it's supposed to feel like the movement of a four minute song in that thing and go to these different places and that second half of the song when it gets really wild there you know mm-hmm. is just you know I'm pretty sure that there's no I even tried I was like should I put a little keys in here overdub a little something it's just the four of us with the tape going in the room you know and it's kind of one of our denser louder bigger moments but it's just that's all in the way that we performed it you know it's just is it the, hard to like not get your fingers all over it at that point you know what I'm saying like cause I draw and shit yeah. and when I'm doing art like I don't know when to stop sometimes and I'll fuck it up we kind of, I kind of tried. I was like, I was like, there's a few parts in there that I meant to be chaotic, but then I was like, God, you can't even tell what key it's in or anything right here. It's like, I was like, maybe I'll put a little organ pad or something in just to show that it's supposed to be sort of like a little jazz fusion right. feel right here or something like, and then, you know, there just was no room because we took up all the oxygen, you know, it's just the four of us, like, and I mean, there's nothing left. And it was like the first half of the song, you know, we're talking about, Dynamics, dynamics, bring it down. It's supposed to be like, you know, whatever, this or that, and, and keep it really dynamic, really open, you know, in the verses, and then a little bit bigger in the choruses, but some of those places even really bottom out to just bass and a little drums and the vocals. And um, and then I think it was all we could stand to do that for, you know, the first four and a half minutes. And then it was like, all right, let's do this, let's burn it down, you know. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been playing with the dynamics up till now, but you know, if this song's eight minutes long, let's get into it here, you know. So you you reference the dead, like I mean even doing this, I've had people write in and say, Oh man, I listen to you guys in an airplane, I listen to you guys at the beach, I listen to you guys on a train, I listen to you guys tripping on mushrooms in a sleeping bag on Mount Hood, like Nice. Does does that go through your head when you're making the music like people are going to be out of their minds listening to this shit and what I'm giving them is going to be food for that space. Do you think about that? Always wondered that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things go through a a musician or an artist's head when they're writing or making a record or doing those things, thinking about their fans, thinking, will will there be any? Will they like this at all? You know, I mean, an artist can put out a record even if you have... Even if you know, even if a Bruce Springsteen sells four hundred thousand copies of a record or something, they all might hate it and turn against it or something like that. It yeah, can it can right. happen, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it it's not necessarily you can never tell exactly what people will like or not, you know. So that's a dangerous road. But there are moments where you think, you know, oh man, somebody somebody's gonna have a good time, for, you know, for the first time they play this record, yeah. you know, like. You know, that's the concept of, of a song like Speed or something is like, 
what would it feel like to hear this this ballad for this outcast drug or whatever, you know? And then it goes all wild at the end and stuff, uh, you know, like this. Your sense of humor plays into the music. Yeah, yeah. This would th- oh, this would thrill me. I'd like to yeah. do that, you know, and just yeah. just so. Is that the point? Like, <laughs> like when you're making the music, is it is it for you as much as for us? You know what I'm saying? Like, I want probably. this to thrill me too, man. Probably, yeah. I oh, I think so. I mean, I don't know if you can do it any other way because I mean, maybe really, really pro songwriters that figured out how to write hits, that had hits and understand the mechanics of them, right? That write. You know that write for Britney Spears or write for Aerosmith soundtrack music or whatever. You know the the Linda Perrys and those people are like, I know how to do this. You know when you call them up, Formula. when you call them up, you know you're like Linda, can you come write us? You know we've got whatever we got Christina Aguilera or something. We got a big thing we wanted to do and we want you to help write. You know you're getting called upon because you know how to do that. Yes, I I can help with this Christina Aguilera hit, but most of us that are writing to our own, you know, that aren't professional hit writers, you know, you, you write to your own muse and just follow that. And if you can't, if you can't tell, you know, what it is you've got exactly, then you're probably just being, you know, honest to the muse, you know, you're like, I I don't know, you know, I mean, it's like the uh, Coen brothers said about their movies because they famously have these movies like Fargo and, um, Oh brother, where art thou? That that just were tremendous hits that they thought. Oh God, we thought these were weird little movies that no one, and then others that that tanked. And they said we love that. We thought that was just as good as the other. We can't tell the difference between a hit and a not hit. You know what so I mean? You're inside of it, you're inside the. Thing. I guess yeah. they're just being true to their muse. They're like I can't. You know, we can't tell that Fargo is a is a. Uh, Academy Award winning film when we make it as opposed to this one that everybody hated and the right. critics hated and the fans gosh, hated yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and, so did, and so did they yeah and, and probably the hardcore audience does too you know it comes back to the, the dead or something like well yeah maybe I loved it all yeah. Yeah. maybe some people dogged like certain albums they're like this is their least loved album but let's be honest it's still loved by a lot of people yeah. they're like anything you do is fine by us yeah. Yeah. I saw a quote somebody was talking about fish and they were Fish at this point could piss in their fans' ears, and they would clap and cheer for them. Like, did you hear the piss song? Yes, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I, I, I'm not there yet. You know, so I've got to keep trying to. You haven't written a piss song yet. Yeah. And maybe that's not good either. I don't. You know, maybe there's something. There's a nice edge to, to, you know, not being in a in a. I don't know, Beatles position or something, or maybe that's not even fair. Maybe the fish position or something where you have such a dedicated audience. There's like, whatever you do is, is you fine with us. Do you have any like, fans like that that come to see you that, you know? That, that just say, anything you do yeah, will be fine I'm with me. Broken, so we're going to open your mouth and I'm clapping. I'm pretty sure that I've tested every one of my fans at this point <laughs> because I've done a lot of different kinds of music and there must be some that... You know, I, in, in that, I don't just write anything to satisfy myself in a closet and say that no one's going to hear, no one can hear this. I don't care if they do. I mean, some musicians say that, that you write for yourself, damn everything else. Okay. If people listen, if they don't, I don't know. That's yeah. not why you do it. But Playing into the void. Well, I just figure, too, if you're on the road, all your support that, it's got to be something you enjoy. You hear so many bands, they're big, they're like, oh, he's that song right you gotta enjoy what you're playing it's something to think about you know it's something to think about I mean 
and that's an, that's another interesting faction is to can you you don't want to go, again you don't want to go too far and just say well let's write songs that we can live with for the next year and a half on stage yeah. but it's an interesting thing to think about it was something I was excited when when we did mansion songs or when I did it, it my band my other band that I'm in here in oblivion was kind of the backing band a lot of first take barely showed them the song told them what key it's gonna be in bang oh. got these things and we got this really to me what was this really squishy you know kind of album sort of in, in shambles but moving with this great feel and stuff and you know then that was hard to translate to live you know into a, into the way yeah. that I wanted to play a live bombastic rock you know and, and jam them out and do different things that really satisfy the live cravings and the way we were doing this record and the way it came out at every step of the way I knew well for starters we can reproduce every one of these songs pretty much with ease because they were snapshots anyway. It's like the Wild Boys, second half of Wild Boys, all we got to do is remember what was going on in that thing and we've got it. You don't have to figure out how to represent the string section or the Moog or the uh, or the ladies' choir or anything else, you know, because it's just us four playing the exact same amps we'll be playing out there tonight, you know, and, and that... Is a, that is a satisfying thing to know that, you, or I don't know, maybe it's easier or something. Sometimes the challenge it sounds is like it. it's more real. Is what, what I get from it. Sometimes a little bit, it's yeah. Coming from a more real spot, it's not contrived. It's yeah, not real bullshit. True, it's truthful. Yeah, it's coming real. from right here in the middle. Or is it just fun? Well, <laughs> it's gotta be fucking fun. Man. Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah. It's the fun part of it. It is. It is fun. It's fun not to be defy the song. You know, like every band's got songs on some records that that will defy their live performance. And they may be a great, great song, you know. Um, like a, the Neil Young song on, is it on Harvest? Man Needs a Maid with the London Symphony Orchestra. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to be reproduced at most of his live shows. He may have done one with an orchestra yeah. or something somewhere, but it will defy its performance in that way. And, and maybe he does it on acoustic guitar or something, but I'll bet it kind of bugs him a little bit that he can't you know whereas you know a needle and the damage done or something like that he can sit down and go to that place and yeah. give you back that you know do that little time travel and go and you know it's, it's I don't know that's um, are, you, do you, are you proud of your work? yeah yeah I am that's very proud good. of it yeah for sure that's good I am because that if you if you have nothing else then then at least that you know you may not look ahead and say I'm making this for this person or that or I know that these people will like it or I know it's just for me or whatever but whatever got you to the point of putting a record out it's hard to make records fuck I can't even you know speaking to me here making records too I'm saying did you start your own label yeah you did you did this yourself this last one this one we did yeah yeah we did What, what was the reason uh I started the label I was just putting out because I like to do like silkscreen stuff and DIY releases and when I first got to Santa Cruz I was doing um, in in the late 90s I was doing uh, like little CDRs and cassettes with silkscreen covers just like little things that were uh, handmade gifts oftentimes of like you know an edition of 25 or something of a recording of a friend's band or something mm-hmm. and I kind of that's also how the first Comets on Fire record my first band that I was in we did our own. We silk screened the cover. We put it out into the world. We started with DIY because a fellow named Ben Chasney that would later 
joined Comets on Fire, you know, we talked to him. He had a little more experience with labels and in the business. And he said, look, you, you know, nothing's riding on this first one. The world's never heard of you. They don't know anybody in the band. They've never heard of the band. They've never heard this music. He's like, I think it's great. It's either going to be a cult classic or more, you know. And this is your one chance to experience, you know, not your one chance, but this is this is a great chance for you to experience in your first engagement doing it yourself. See what it means to order records, to have them delivered, to find distribution, to physically send those copies out. He's like, oh, so I'm seeing that from a whole different side than you would ever see it as an artist. Yeah, and you know, our first instinct was go to the label, ask somebody to put it out, get rid of all that that responsibility, and then just whatever the artist just you know yeah. get something back, a statement you never read or whatever. And that was, he said, you know, if you do that, the things that you learn, you'll never forget those things. You'll always know them and have the power of, of what's going on. Yeah. And, um, and you can never be screwed because you, you know. <laughs> you can fuck you over. Yeah, it takes all You can still yeah. be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can never, never be screwed in this business. Don't ever say that. Don't ever think that. You would have to. myself. Yeah, you would have to. You would have to control every faction. But there'd be no way. But we weren't screwed. You know, I mean, actually, we were screwed a few times <laughs> until we found the distribution company that, that distributes Silver Current now. Okay. You know, that yeah, the first few distros that you send some out, send us 15 copies, send us 30 copies. You send them, never get a check. We sold them. Send them 30 more. You don't even know, like. What happened? Okay, what is there going to be accounting at some point or what? And you're you just send me the receipts. Thank the God they got yet. sold. You know, they're out there. I mean, I didn't know if anybody would want them, but then you never get paid. And you're like, man, that's 60 records we never got paid for. Yeah, that's a lot, 60. And when then you, you, when you've got nothing to begin with. Yeah, well, and if it's eight bucks a piece, and if, if yeah, if you're just trying to make your $3,000 back, yeah. whatever it was in 1999 yeah. or something, then. And we finally found the distribution company, Revolver, that, that you know, was like, We'll take 100 copies or 50 copies. They sold them. We got paid right right on time. Got the accounting. They said, give us 50 more. They sold it. They said, give us the rest of the pressing. Sold it out. Quick. You know? And all the pay came in clean increments. All the accounting. Okay. Done. We're done. You know, it's in. We're doing this thing. And after all these years later, thank God, they're still around. And the guy who, who runs it, Gary's still there. And I said, hey, you know, Gary, I'm expanding my um or maybe he said it to me i can't remember but we were still friends and and that's the the distribution home of silver current so it sounds like you've had at least some luck in finding good fucking people to have around you i've been pretty you had your back i've been pretty lucky yeah all through all my years and all my bands i think i don't think that myself and my band members probably give off a vibe I guess that, I mean, hopefully it's a vibe that gravitates good people to us or yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. You know, there's been a few people that I came into contact with and I was like, oh, geez, you know, it's like, I don't like anything about this person now that I'm knowing more. I don't like anything about their business practices and I just don't like them, you know, and like, right. and then you move away from them. That luckily, those aren't lifelong, you know, they're just day long yeah. or month long or whatever. Maybe maybe they felt the same way or maybe maybe it's, it's misjudged, but if you get that feeling, like, I don't know, because you know when you got the other feeling from people that you trust and then you and then they back that up with action. Right. You don't have to trust people very long before they get a chance to back things up with action. Oh, and yeah. at that point oh, cool. if you don't 
if you don't uh, see a result there, you know, th- consider consider it. You know, consider it. You yeah. know, and, and especially in in a weird business like this, where all the aspects of business are just a floating, flowing thing. You know, and we're finding we're finding it out. Just when when did you know you were gonna do this? Yeah. I was what? When did you know when that you were gonna do this? Like when you were like, that's it. I'm not gonna be like okay. a, you know. A music and, and yeah, music and art. Music. Oh man, I don't know. Probably forever. You know, really? I probably when I was a little kid, I listened to Michael Jackson records, and I was like, yes. music, wow, you know. And then listen to whatever, you know, some some rock and roll records or something, oh, Poison so records when I was in sixth grade or something. Just like, wow, I want to be like these guys, you know, and makeup oh, or something. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I loved it, you know. And I got going on as quickly as I could. My folks got me a you know, guitar, an amp, you know, whatever. They said, here, we'll get you an acoustic guitar, and if you stick with it for a while, maybe we'll talk about an electric guitar or whatever. Yeah, no, we're going to do the same shit with I literally right bought now. my son a guitar today. today. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it was, it's just funny. You know, I thought to myself, I can't get this, and I can't get this, and I was like, what if this is the time where what you were supposed to get yeah, he wants, it yeah. first? You know, like, just time-wise, because we were going to come here, and I was... Which yeah, you, dude, you let them get everywhere. better before you put an electric with an amp, and then it's like, okay, we need to learn to like what you're playing before you get <laughs> an amp and an electric. Well, you'll see because it's it's either something that that maybe something fun and the acoustics fine, and he'll have that, or or you'll be like, whoa, you know, you're like leaving alone for six months or he's doing the lessons or whatever and you kind of go by the door you're like are you curing this like this is happening it's you gotta have a discussion here well, it's already because like, he's way, throwing my well, shit yeah, yeah. He was and, like, and hey. I'm like fuck he's picking up licks in days and well, yeah. he, he, he said all the way to, I was taking him to get his hair cut today and he's like man I know how to so good, Mom. It feels yeah. so good, uh, Blackbird. From you. Yeah. You know, but I, it does. Yeah, your accomplishment. That's why I ask you about because I know sometimes you just go through stuff because you're doing it. But like Jay Bruce back and be like, damn, like that's yeah, I had it for like ten, fifteen years, and I'm kicking ass right now. Yeah, you can't be. I mean, you don't want to be doing this like for life or decades or whatever, grinding away for not much money and be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. That's more like something a politician feels. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, oh, God. Corporate way of thinking. So, this, is this the beginning of the tour for the the album? Uh, Well, we're about two weeks in or so. Because you don't look exhausted. (laughs) You know, the older I get. Your eyes are still bright. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the the older I get. (laughs) No, no, that is exhausting on tour, you know. It is. It really is. I had some fun times in Portland when I was young, but then they <laughs> took their children just the very next day. You know, you're yeah. like, oh, wow, okay, so <laughs> there's the price of... I, you know, I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy tour now and feel better out here more than... I think because, you know, you keep refining, like, what you eat, what you do, you know, how you sleep, you know, how you do things. And there's always, especially in the first you know, week or so of being out, things that are like kind of your systems kind of like, whoa, are we going to really do this? You know, and, and just, that you know, period, yeah. yeah. And then your body kind of adjusts and it's like, okay, cool. We're doing this. And, and, uh, you come, you know, you have your moments where you may need a nap or a coffee or something, but, um, you know, just figuring out like, okay, this is, this is life out here. If, if a lot of your life is being out on the road, the concept of being, you know, wasted or miserable or, you know, kind of getting into the pattern of sort of like 
from four o'clock when you get into the gig and start like hammering back shots or whatever it is you're trying to take off the craze hangover that you've had all day and then the whole thing starts over at some point you sort of have this reeling blur of like party life again that just like kind of goes by and you're like wow I had an amazing time I'm totally wasted again and the next day you're just like god I hate it out here it's like (laughs) so depressing and you can't quite figure out why because the hangovers aren't the same as at home you're like I don't really have a headache or anything. I just have this like suicidal, homicidal thoughts towards myself and everyone around me and like just fucking hate everything, you know? Like, yeah. It does get easier as we get older. Nah, I don't know. Except that, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, they just like, you're looking towards having, figuring out how to party and have fun and work all in one thing from that five o'clock to 2 a.m. zone. And then 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. before bed, there's something else that happens there. You know, I don't know, bedtime, maybe a final beer, maybe you get to eat dinner then. And then the next day from, you know, 8.30 or 9 until 5 o'clock, that previously and for a lot of bands is just like hate time, you know, towards life or whatever, pain time, hate time, sleep in the van, just try to make it to the gig to get into it and then go like, where the fuck is the writer, you know? Um, But... That time is like when you're seeing, you know, this country or if you're in another country, you know, and you really see like, wow, look at look at that. You know, there's and you stop in the town, you get into a town early, you go to the bookshop, you go to the coffee shops. You, you have the fucking coolest job. Go to the record store. You get to, and yeah, and you get to be sort of like these unicorns traveling through, you know, uh, the United States and seeing windows into these people's lives that are sort of like. You know they're here, and we're like moving through, and you get to sort of like I don't know that that has become like a precious time, to which is 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 precious to devote energy and dedication to, in the same way that figuring out you know dedicating yourself to um, dedicating yourself to, to to the stage time right is you know what you do to do a good job and, and perform for the audience. And that's what you do for, you know, yourself so that you're living a real life out here, seeing something interesting, doing something interesting, and learning something about the, the you know, the country and the yeah, world and I mean, people. So you know? you've been all over the world, yeah. You've been to other countries and mm-hmm. seen shit. What a fun thing, man. What a cool job you have. Like, Sometimes it is. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like the thing that, you know, I'm sure when you go on trips, the part of the trip that you don't love it's going to the airport, checking in the luggage. Yeah. You know, you yeah. fly, you're flying, say you're flying to England or New York. You go to Denver, you get off the plane, switch planes. I wish it was a once, you know, we didn't have two planes. And then the snowstorm rolls in, you're stuck in the airport, and the airline's right. like, we're not going to pay for your room. And then you're like, God damn it. You know, I wish I was just at home watching fucking HBO or whatever. These people are driving me fucking crazy. Like, this fucking sucks. You know, and then the restaurants are all closed. They don't pay for the hotel room, and you're just like... on a fucking chair. You try to do that, and then that doesn't really work, you know? And then you're just like, God damn it, this, this, there's nothing good about these two. Like, sometimes that's, that can be a lot of what life feels like out on the road. But you look for the windows of, you know, you go into something I call amoeba mode. You just, when things are happening that aren't good like that, you just become an amoeba that just bounces off of things and you just close off try to close off your intellect and your 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 emotional state and just be like a blob a molecular blob 
I'm a bag of meat that's floats there. through the universe <laughs> and just keeps floating until you float through it. You know, same way you deal with grief, right? You just yeah. like let me float through this until I can intellectually start dealing. You know, but until then, it's not doing me any good to like get angry or whatever. It's fun. Yeah, so so that's yeah, the, that's going to affect everything. You're going to be pissed off. <laughs> that's the theory. Yeah, I can't so, wait to fucking watch you guys do. Right, man. There's something going on out there. They're trying to like get, maybe get a hold of you or something. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, we've probably gone. We went over by 13 minutes. This time right. here in Portland, and it's so weird. It looks like it's 6 o'clock out, and then it's like this till 10. It's, it's daylight beautiful. till 10. It's yeah, beautiful. It's a good, good place. To what be. part of Portland do you guys live in? South West Hills. No, I was going to tell you, I told Kevin, we, we usually do this like on our porch. It's like our Yeah. I wanted you guys to come to the house and like have dinner and do the do it over there. Yeah. Next time, you got to open it. We got a big ass fucking house in the West Hills over here, man. If you guys like need a place to stay. Oh, thank come you. Come stay there. We'll fucking hook you up with food. And yeah, yeah. Well, we'll take you. It's always nice. Like, that's part of the fun thing to do with you know when you're on the road. It's yeah. fun to stay with friends. It definitely makes it more of a family thing. Yeah. A hotel or something. Yeah, yeah, out, yeah. yeah. They're fun for a while until they're not. Yeah, I'm tired of a fucking hotel It's room. just, it's, yeah, there's some comforts to them that give you a foundational base, you know, like, but it, it it's a, yeah, it's a void. It's a weird void. They really yeah, make you feel lonely. Yeah, especially on the road, it'd be nice to have a home cooked meal. I thought that. I was like, We'd love that. Yeah, well, that'd be great. We serve liquor and food all over. <laughs> That's the nice thing. Yeah, it's a nice thing. Right on, man. Next time, we'll get to hear your son just, like, ripping. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Yeah.
dwellers of fear. We've traveled this road before, so we may think. But it's a tad bit of strange similarity that feed an A equal A complex. The fears of your past do not equal the perplexities of the current road. to tell you about the April May 2023 issue of Relics magazine features a Dave Matthews band cover story with additional articles and interviews with the National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks Relics. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast.